Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. Jesus has done anything for you. Why don't you just give him a standing ovation of praise? Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Yes, Jesus. You at the front, why don't you make your way back to your seat? And as you do, why don't you tell your neighbor... Tonight is going to be a good night. I like to say that before sermons because it's like a declaration that we're already believing that something amazing is going to happen. Because I do believe that. Amen. If you are a guest here tonight, I am the student pastor of this amazing church. And so I, I, would, um, I would encourage you to come back and uh, hear Pastor Dean speak. Do yourself a favor. Come back and hear our pastor speak. Um, we love our pastor, and we miss him. He's out of town, but tonight I believe you're in good hands because God has given me a word tonight. I will say this. I had an idea. Had an, I had an agenda for tonight, and Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, really Saturday, God kind of changed that agenda and wanted me to speak on something else. So I believe it's going to be a good night. Amen? Amen. If you would, turn in your Bibles really quick to Second Chronicles 20.17. And I'm just going to read this passage really quick. If you got it, say Amen. Amen. Everyone's got it because we have screens nowadays. So everyone should have said amen. You will not have to fight this battle. I could stop there and somebody should be running already, right? You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Real quick, could we just give a praise to Jesus of what he's going to do tonight? Because he's already told us, don't worry about it. Don't be discouraged because you will not have to fight this battle, but he is with us. Real quick, let's raise our hands. Father, tonight I give you all the glory and all the honor. God, I give you the praise in advance of what you're going to do here tonight. God, I pray that you open up our hearts, our minds, and our understanding what you want to say to us tonight, God. I pray that you speak through me clearly with boldness. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Musicians, y'all killed it tonight. I hope I can do a little bit like that too. Um, Y'all did awesome. Y'all are always incredible. We love and appreciate y'all. But in this scripture, we see that God is going to fight this battle with us and that we do not have to fight this battle alone. And, And I would say that we've already seen the victory because he has already seen the victory. Amen? 
And I would like to ask you the question, has there ever been a time in your life where you have felt that this battle, this storm, this circumstance of life hits you out of nowhere? You were dealing, you were living this amazing life and then all of a sudden devastation hits you or maybe worry hits you or anxiety or depression might have hit you. You were living this great life and then all, all of a sudden you got some news that might have devastated you or maybe one of your kids were doing something that you didn't want them to do. Amen, parents? And you just feel like this battle came out of nowhere, but you have to fight it. Anybody been there? Because I've been there before. And we're going to talk about that tonight. And like marriage, I've been, I've been married four years, so I can give some marriage advice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My wife and my baby boy is here tonight. I love y'all so much. But I've been married four years, and so I think I can give some quality advice on marriage. And, and when they tell you when you get married, they say, you know what? Choose your battles wisely. Wow. Amen. There you go, Sister Sherry. Because it's him, not you. Like in marriage, they tell you, choose your battles wisely. And my father, that was one of the greatest advices he told me right before I got married. He said, son, not every battle's worth fighting. You just smile, say yes, ma'am, and move on. Right? Like, son, there, son there's going to be some days that, that you feel like you know this is the right way to put the trash away. But you don't need to fight about it, right? There's no reason to fight about this. Choose your battles wisely. In marriage, they teach you and prepare you, you know, just because you go around every single day and you see that the dishes should be put up a certain way, that doesn't mean that you need to fight about it, right? There's some things there's, that you just don't need to fight about. Pick your battles wisely. Fight your battles wisely. But in life, what happens when the battle chooses you and you have to fight it? What do you do when something shows up at your doorstep and knocks on your door and it's not Amazon? Right, The Amazon devil decided to prime ship you a battle that landed at your doorstep and you have to fight this battle. You didn't order this battle, actually you're looking to return it, but you have to fight it. What do you do if the devil or the circumstances of life just drops off a battle in your life that you didn't choose or anticipate happening? And so tonight we're going to talk about that and how we need to stay connected with Jesus even before the battle comes. Tonight we're going to talk about Jesus on speed dial. Anybody have Jesus on speed dial? I think a lot of us do. You know, sometimes in life we, we let life carry on and we get in the routine of life and sometimes we forget to call on Jesus every single day and we just only call on him when we need him. And so tonight we're going to talk about that. We see Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20 who who is told one morning in verse 1, might I add, at a time of very spiritual renewal for Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, and a great time and a great momentum spiritually. They were living a great life at this point. But one day, just when everything was going good, just one day when they had everything figured out, they were in the groove of life and they found the rhythm of life and they were living an amazing life. But here comes some news their way. The Bible says... In verse 1, after this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Meonites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, 
from the other side of the Dead Sea. In other words, this battle is coming not just up the main road, but is actually trying to attack them in secret, trying to come up on them with, with a surprise. So he doesn't have time to prepare for this battle. He doesn't have time to develop a strategy. He doesn't have time to develop a game plan. He doesn't have time to prepare for this battle because it's preparing and it's right there at his doorstep. It's at the front door. Have you ever got that phone call, text message, or circumstance of life when you feel like this battle just snuck up on you? You didn't see it coming. You look back and didn't have time to prepare for this battle or the struggle that you're going through. Have you ever felt that like that anxiety attack or depression just simply came out of nowhere? Or you look back on the circumstances of life and feel like the battle that you're dealing with, you couldn't prepare for it. You didn't have time to watch YouTube and figure out how to fix this problem. You don't have time to read a book on this circumstance and you don't have time to do your research because this one caught you off guard. But watch what happens. Watch what Jehoshaphat did. He said, I don't have time for all of this, so what I have to do is I have to go to God. There's something about a surprise attack that puts us all on our knees, right? You might not be in a close relationship with God, but if something or struggle hits you, I guarantee it you're going to go to God, or you should, right? You want to be in the presence of God. There's something about the one that you didn't see coming that will make you run to God when in reality you should have been there all along, right? Sometimes we tend to let life take over and we let the routine of life take over our healthy relationship with God. We tend to only call on him when we need something or when this battle is just too big. And a couple of months ago, I taught a lesson in current titled Left on Red, and I'm going to use a couple notes from that sermon if that's okay, students. There's a certain lingo in the youth department that they like to use and describe certain things. And so tonight I'm going to just explain something a little bit to you. Maybe you already know it. But left on red means when someone when you're texting back and forth and, and they don't respond. And so you get that little red receipt right there at the bottom, um, seeing that they saw the text message but they're not responding. So the lingo is you left me on red. Okay. Meaning they read the message, but they didn't respond. Some people tend to get upset because there was no response, right? But sometimes the reason why they didn't respond is because maybe they were in bad connection. And that is the story of my life when I'm at camps, right? In Tioga, I have no cell phone signal. And so what happens is if I get in Wi-Fi or something or if I get in cell phone signal, all of a sudden I get 10 text messages coming through and some saying, why are you not responding? Well, it's because I was in bad reception. I had no reception to receive the message. Amen? It wasn't really my fault. I wasn't ignoring it. Maybe it wasn't your fault. and Maybe you're on a hunting trip and you're just out of cell phone signal, right? And you get back in good reception and all the messages come through. I will ask you the same question, and I asked the students this. I said, have you ever felt like you've been left on red with the Lord, like the Lord just stopped talking to you? Like you were asking all these questions, but he just stopped answering you. And I will ask you the same question tonight, but maybe change up the lingo a little bit because I'm faced with a different crowd. How many of us have left at times or felt at times that you have called on Jesus, you're praying for a certain circumstance, but there was no phone call, there was no answer? Is that just me? That you were just calling, you're desperately praying for a certain situation, and there was just silence. You felt like there was no answer. 
but you felt like the Lord stopped answering your phone call. Sometimes it feels like God's not answering us or answering our prayers. And you're in this battle that you didn't prepare for. You're in this battle and there's a certain season of life that just snuck up on you. And you decided to call on the Lord, but all of a sudden there's no answer. There's silence. I would suggest that some of the moments when it feels as if God is walking away from you, he is creating a desire within you so that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. God is trying to set your faith free from the need to fill it, to have it. And the next time the devil tries to tell you that the Lord has left you, I want you to do your best Mark Dross impersonation and say, devil, baby, I'm not I'm not going through this any longer. I'm going to put you in your place. Seriously, the Lord has not left you. He has not stopped answering you. But the devil likes to use that as a circumstance to put false doctrine into your ear and say, you know what? He doesn't care about you. Actually, in Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. He would never forsake me. He will never abandon you. He will never abandon me. He won't stop what he has already started. He says that I am his and he is mine and he is with me through all my storms. Amen. Really quick, I'm going to jump to Luke just as an illustration of Jesus being in our life. In Luke 24, 29, after Jesus has risen, we see These people ask Jesus to come in and stay with them in their home because the day is almost up, Luke 24, 29. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. Let me make an observation here. Be careful when you ask Jesus to come into your life. Why? It's because Jesus wants to take over your life. And you might find yourself standing behind a pulpit preaching to your favorite congregation, right? When you ask Jesus to take over your life, he wants to take control of your life. So God does not want to settle for a shout-out. He he's not going to make himself a cot in the foyer of your heart, but he wants, to be it, he wants it to be permanent. He wants a real relationship with you. Have you ever had that friend that maybe growing up that that comes over and doesn't ask if they can eat your food, they just start eating your food? (laughs) Madison said, yes. Yeah, some of us have those friends. They don't ask, hey, can I, is there anything in the pantry? Can I have something to snack on? They just start snacking and you're like, what is going on here, right? They're all up in your kitchen. They're all invading your space. Well, that's Jesus. He wants a real relationship with you where he doesn't have to ask for permission for anything, right? He wants to be in the kitchen. He wants to be all up in your business. But that's the problem in today's culture. We find some things offensive when he gets too close to our personal space. So what happens is we begin to shut Jesus out because we only want him on certain situations and certain circumstances. And we tend to leave him on red or not answering his phone call. But watch what Jesus does in verse 30. He sits down, Luke 24, 30. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. At the table, he takes the bread, and this is Cleo's house we're talking about. But Jesus reaches right across the table and takes Cleo's bread and just starts doing stuff with the bread. Right? Someone sits at your table and doesn't ask for anything and just starts taking the bread. You might say, what's going on here, right? 
But I need you to know that God is not going to come into our life and just stay on standby. So when you kind of sort of need him, you can call on him. Or when it fits into your schedule, he can fit into your schedule, right? No, Jesus wants to live in your life completely and wants to have a real relationship with you. When Jesus comes into your life, Jesus is saying, today is the day of salvation, and I want to take over your thought process. I want to take over your imagination. I want to take over your desires, When Jesus comes into your life, he wants a real relationship, a real relationship. He's not wanting you just to text him when you need him so you can just leave him on a speed dial service. Jesus wants a real relationship with you. When Jesus is truly in your life, he is looking for a sweet relationship, and he might get upset at times if you just leave him on speed dial. Jesus wants to be in control of your life, and he wants to guide your footsteps. If we have a real relationship with Jesus, there will be no leaving him on speed dial. You should begin to talk differently. You should change some people's contacts in your phones, right? You should have, if you have a real relationship with him, you'd be cautious who you friend, right? If you have a real relationship with Jesus, your thought process will begin to change. And God is going to, and God is not going to wait for you just to be at a Sunday service so you can feel him. Jesus wants to talk to you daily. But let's go back to verse 30 really quick. 2430. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. He sits down at Cleo's kitchen table, takes Cleo's bread, blesses it, and then he breaks it. And when he gives the bread that he broke, which is also the bread that he blessed, which is also the bread that he took. What's the revelation here? When God takes over your life like he took over that bread, he will bless it. When you build a real relationship with Jesus and he has, and you're in his hands and you have a real relationship with Jesus, he is going to bless your life like he blessed that bread. The same hands that bless your life, the same hands that bless the bread, and the same hands that take over your life are the same bread, uh, same hands that must be trusted even when your life is broken. So Jesus is sitting at the table, he takes over the bread. He blesses the bread, what he is over, but at the same time, he also breaks it. The illustration that I would like to point here is that sometimes our life is going to be broken, but if we remain in Jesus' hands, then we can trust him through all of our battles. We can trust him through all of our problems, even when our life is broken into a million pieces. Sometimes we think when we get saved, we get the Holy Ghost or get baptized, that everything is going to be okay and sanitized. And that everything should function the way that it needs to function. And everything's going to be safe. And we think that everything is going to be okay. But that's not always the case. Sometimes life hits us. And we struggle. And we go through storms. We go through trials. Most of you know my testimony here. So I'm not going to belabor the point. But I do want to make a little bit of a connection. And I want to be relatable There was a time in my life where I found myself leaving Jesus on red or just on speed dial, where I just felt like I was calling him when I needed him, but I didn't have a real relationship with Jesus. I felt like I was trying to communicate to him, but I felt like there was no response, so I kind of gave up. Anybody ever been there? Don't leave me by myself because we're not all 100% saved Christians, right? We have battles. Everyone has battles. 
but most of you probably know but when I was 12 years old, my mother passed away of cancer. And so, and she went through chemo and radiation. And the day after Christmas, she passed away. At this time, I felt like Jesus had left me on red or just stopped responding. I felt like Jesus was not responding to my text messages or phone calls. I was asking and praying and calling out to him, but I felt like there was no response. I'm asking God, please talk to me. Please send me an answer. Please answer our prayer. Don't leave me on red. Don't leave me in the silence. And I know a lot of you might have felt the same way, that you feel like you're praying to God, but there's really just no answer. You feel like you feel like you're abandoned. But see, dealing with my mom's passing, I completely turned away from my relationship with Jesus. I went through several years of just coming to church and putting on that Christian smile. But in reality, I was dealing with depression and anxiety, and I felt like Jesus left me and had nothing to do with me, didn't want anything to do with me. But then there was this one Sunday that Brother Stone King came in, and he preached this message that forever changed my life. And at the altar that night, I told God, I said, I know that you are my Father in heaven, but I need you to be like my dad. I need you to hold my hand and walk with me daily. I need you to walk with me through all my trials. I want a real relationship with you, God. And I believe that night that God spoke to me, and he said, I've been here. I've heard you. But you have not heard me. That night I quickly realized that I had abandoned my relationship with Jesus. And that I was, that I was the one that actually stopped responding to him. I was using him as a speed dial source to only get to him when I needed him. The problem is never with our shepherd. He never stops leading and he never stops speaking. Just like the time we thought that we were left on red or that someone just stopped responding to us, the reality is it was the poor reception that kept us from receiving certain messages. And that's what happened with my relationship with God. I had abandoned the concept of continually building a real relationship with Jesus. My prayer didn't get answered, but from that point on, I decided I want all of Jesus. I wanted a real relationship with him. So if trials do come my way again, I can lean on him during the most difficult circumstances. God is always speaking and sending messages to us. But the problem is sometimes we're not always in good signal with him him maybe it's poor choices maybe it's just laziness or whatever it is fill in the blank but some of us have been removed have removed ourselves from being in proximity of God's voice the bottom line here is that it's a signal problem not a speaking problem if you're in a place with bad reception what do you do you immediately run to find good reception If you were separated from your signal, you would resolve it as fast as possible. If you were separated from your spiritual signal, I would ask you the question, are you moving fast enough to take action? Are you getting back in the word? Are you wanting to walk in a good relationship with Jesus? What is keeping your signal stuck in bad reception? Where do you need to move to turn back to God? Most of the time, Jesus is trying to talk to you, but the, but the deal is we get frustrated because we can't hear him, but it's not him. Sometimes we have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I don't have a clear signal with Jesus. And if the musicians have come, I'm beginning to close, but as I close, I always like to close on a positive note. Amen?
And I'm going somewhere with this because we started off with a great scripture, a powerful scripture that said, you don't have to fight this battle. We started off this lesson sermon, whatever you want to call it, talking about God fighting the battles for us. If we stay in connection with God, we don't only call on him when we need him, but we stay in a real relationship with God, a real connection with God. I'm talking about an LTE service, like better than 3G service, straight connection to God, then don't be afraid. If you have a real relationship with him, if you're connected to the source, then don't be afraid because God will fight the battles for you. We started off this sermon with the scripture, Second Chronicles 20, where Jehoshaphat got the news that there was a battle coming his way. And he didn't have time to prepare for this battle, didn't have time to prepare for this storm. But let's look at what the Lord says to him. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. And this is what the Lord is going to say to you as well. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but it's God's. Vast army is the phrase they use to explain that this is too big for you. Sometimes the battle is just too big for us and we can't fight it on our own. But the battle is not yours, it's God's. Give your battle to God. Stop trying to fight this battle on your own and get in good reception with God. Get connected with the source and trust in Jesus to fight your battles. God is fighting for Judah. God fights for the worshipers. God fights for the praisers. And God fights for his people. Simply put, that God is fighting for you. When you turn to God and get connection with the source, he, you get his help. When you turn to Jesus, you will get his strength. When you turn to Jesus, you will get his miracles. When you turn to the source, you will get his provision. And when you turn to Jesus, you will get his angels. But here you are, we have this battle knocking at our doorstep, and that's all fine and dandy to say, you know what, God is fighting for us, but you know what, you're looking at this battle that you feel like you can't fight any longer. What are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Let's go to verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. And then move on to verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. Sometimes when you're fighting a battle, you just have to bow down with your face to the ground and say, Jesus, I worship you. I give you the glory and I give you the honor in advance. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem begin to fall down in worship before the Lord as well. Then some of the Levites from the Oh, the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very soft voice. No, a very loud voice. If that is your prayer, I want you to stand to your feet and do the exact same thing. Oh, come on. I know I'm not the only one that's ever been through a battle. Sometimes you just have to turn and get connected with the source and say, you know what? I'm going to bow in reverence. I'm going to bow and get connected to the source. That God, I need you, Jesus. I need you fighting my battles. If that's you, why don't you come to the front and just give him some praise really quick. 
Oh, before we get, before we praise, I got to go to these next couple of scriptures really quick because what happens next is absolutely remarkable. The enemy, the battle is standing firmly in the face of Jehoshaphat and Judah. He's, they're standing there. Go to verse 21. After consulting the people, Joshua had appointed men to start singing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. Sometimes when you're fighting a battle, you just got to thank God for his amazing grace, right? He appointed him to, for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the heat of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies and they were defeated sometimes in your battles all you have to do is just sing praises to the lord and what's going to happen god is going to send an ambush to defeat your enemies god is going to send angels to fight on your behalf right now why don't you raise your hand i declare an ambush against insecurity i declare an ambush against fear i declare an ambush against uncertainty i declare an ambush against depression an ambush against your problems. Right now, why don't you lift up a praise of worship to Jesus. And before we leave here tonight, I want us to sing praises of thanks to God.
Come on, let's leave here rejoicing because guess what? The battle is already won. You know the end of the book. You are victorious. Why don't you put a smile on someone's face and tell them I'm living in the light. Hallelujah.